Hey friends, uh, to begin, I want to invite you uh, to do a prayer exercise with me, something that uh, I love to do often. Uh, all our friends over at Sanctuary Eastside know this well. Uh, Psalm 4610 in the Hebrew scriptures says this, be still and know that I am God. God speaking through the psalmist says simply, be still. Friends, be still and know that I am God. You, you are not. You don't have to be sovereign and omnipresent and omniscient. Know that I am God. So I want to use this prayer to try to draw us into a contemplative frame of mind here this morning. So find a quiet place if you're not already in one. Close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths and prepare to pray the prayer in, uh, in like five diminishing sentences. So you can either do this aloud or quietly in your own mind. You say this. You say, be still and know that I am God. And then after a couple deep breaths, you'd pray, be still and know that I am. And then take a few more deep breaths and pray, be still and know. And then another few breaths and pray, be still. And then just be. And allow yourself to sort of sit in that moment. And then when you're ready, just pray, amen. So let's do this together this morning. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. And just be. Amen. Today I want to invite you uh, to turn to Psalm 126, 4 to 6. I'm going to read first out of the NIV and then read a piece of this from Eugene Peterson's transliteration, the message. And I, I want to... Uh, ask before we go in is, how, how did you do, if you got a chance to listen to yesterday's podcast with processing um, how to set some practices, maybe you've already started to set some practices and you need to refine them during this uh, strange moment we find ourselves self-quarantined, what sorts of rhythms and pat patterns um, do you need to develop? I, I want to talk a little bit more about this uh, from another place in scripture, just to continue to encourage you. Um, as I've been just so encouraged by others to set some habits and rhythms and practices. Psalm 126 says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. The psalmist is remembering what God has done in the past. It says, we were filled with joy 
And then in verse 4, it says, Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap the songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Uh, In the message, uh, it's written like this. Now, God, from verse 4, now, God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives so those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. I don't know about you, but I found one of the most difficult places to live is between what God has done and what you're hoping God's going to do in the future. What he's done in the past and what you're hoping he's going to do in the future. The psalm sort of turns at at, uh, verse 4 here, saying, Lord, we remember what you've done. Would you do it again? Would you restore these things again? We know what you're like. Uh, In this place, it's often referred to as the desert. Uh, it's a, like a dry spell or a drought. Sometimes it's it's like the dark night of the soul or it's just the, the in-between place where we find ourselves slipping into apathy or despondency. When we find ourselves here, I think our eyes instinctively go to what we don't have. Uh, so often we go to what seems to be missing. Our focus goes to our frustration when we actually have an opportunity for our eyes to turn to God's faithfulness. We, we, we have to own, and this has been difficult for me in my journey, but that we have a choice in every season, even seasons of drought. You, you get to choose your perspective. You get to decide if, I'm gonna, if you're going to complain about what's missing or thank God for what's actually available. You can decide to turn the dry ground essentially into a a training place, into training ground, a a place you learn to rely on God more than ever before. You get to decide if you're going to stare at the dry ground or fix your eyes towards the skies. There's always supply with God. There's this never-ending depth of His love. There is His Spirit with us. So a season of drought or a season of uncertainty, maybe would be a, a more appropriate way to put it for many of us right now, can drive us to greater devotion. That's been one big takeaway just in this first week of self-quarantining. Like a season of, of drought, a season of confusion, a season of, of slowing down, a season of, of in-between, hoping things will will turn out um, differently than, than they are right now. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing that it drives me to greater devotion, that it can bring us to a place of asking God to, to do it again, to plead with God to come through in ways that only he can. And, and it can tighten the bond that we have with God, increase our awareness and our openness and our understanding of God. But this doesn't happen naturally. It's a choice. This is what we were talking about yesterday. It's a choice how are you going to um, how are you going to to choose? <laughs> what are you going to choose? When you feed your body, there are results, right? Good and bad. Some of us are struggling, I'm sure, with our diets now, as we're prone. Those of us who are prone to comfort eating, right? What you feed your body, when you feed your body, there are results. 
And when you feed your soul, there are results. You get to control what you put in. And so how do you feed? Like, how, how do you do this? And the answer would simply be, um, one or one way, would be developing a habit. And so a habit is that thing that when you don't know what to do, you still know what to do. You're not waiting for a good thought. You're, pro- you're, you're programming your reactions. You're trusting that your feelings will catch up with your reactions, with your choices. It's saying, in a sense, a habit is saying, my view of the world is not dictated by my experience. My experience is dictated by my view of the world. I'm going to tell my daily needs and experiences my perspective that comes from God. Because your daily emotions are going to lie to you. We all know this. They're going to lie to you about how even weary you really are. And I recognize in an age of authenticity, this is difficult. But as we've been talking about these just last few days together, is um, there is this opportunity to set our minds on the things above, not on earthly things. And when that habit develops, actually the, the joy and an authentic love and richness and peace begin to well up. Set your minds on the things above, Colossians 3.2 says. Or, or in 1 Peter 1.13, and I love this. Preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace to be brought to you when Christ is revealed at his coming. Like prepare your minds for action, be sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace of Jesus Christ. Set your mind fully on what he's done. Set your mind fully on who he is. Set your mind on the things of God. Prepare your mind. Set your hope. These are, these are preemptive strikes. Habits are preemptive strikes. What you feed yourself with. These are patterns that we develop because life just kind of comes at you. And life is 10% of what happens to you and about 90% of how you react I don't know who said that, but I always thought that felt really true. 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react. We don't have control over our emotions so often, but we do have control over our thought life and what we put in, what we give our mental real estate to. And so as we mentioned yesterday, our feelings follow our thinking. What are you thinking about? If your thoughts are on God and on the things above, on his hope and joy, meditating on the fruits of the Spirit, if you're practicing gratitude, all of these things, how you feel will flow from that. Feeling follows your thinking. And so I just want to humbly submit that you can will a thought life that is curated in such a way that joy and peace and love and hope like, can, can dominate. Like that these things are the inevitable byproduct of a life that is focused in on this when you are setting your mind on those things. So I want to end with uh, the words from uh, Isaiah 40. And uh, the prophet says this, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. 
Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, who set their hope, who set their minds, who hope in the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would help us. Um, Lord, that when we we close our eyes, Lord, that we would see more than when our eyes are open. When we close our eyes, Lord, we would see um, your story, the renewing work that you are doing, Lord, your character, your providence, Lord, your faithfulness in the past and and how, Lord, you will um, put things back together. Lord, your, um, we, would, we would see, Lord, what you are up to and the opportunity to be trained in this in-between space, the ways in which you would grow our faith and grow our security and grow our inner peace. Lord, I, I just pray um, for, for our family, for our community, for our city, Lord, that we would grow in faith and reliance and trust on you. In Jesus' name, in the name of the Father and of the Spirit, we pray. Amen. Peace be with you.